a little bit of a, an odd one before we get into the message today. So this morning I, I woke up uh, with a song in my head, just playing over and over again. Um, a song that I don't listen to, that I haven't heard in a long time. Uh, Video Killed the Radio Star is a song that was in my head. Hugh knows, Hugh's, Hugh's excited. It's, um, no, I won't say that. It's a, it's a banger. It's a, it, it's a generational banger. Um, right, anyway, this song was in my head. I'm like, okay, well, that's weird. I, don't, I haven't listened to that song. What's going on? And I felt that there was something to it. Um, so I looked up the lyrics, kind of read through it, not, nothing really there. But then I felt led to look up the, the, the meaning um, behind the song. Um, you know, what, what was the point of that song? And, and the song w- w- was written, right, um, when a generational change was happening in the world. There was certain technology that was available in radio, and radio was the thing. Like, radio, if you were a radio star, man, you were it. That was it. You were the king. Like, everyone listened to radio. And it's at a point in, in history where things are starting to change, and now TV is coming on the scene, and now rather than just listening to somebody's voice, you're, you're seeing them on the screen, and, like, it's... it's better, it's bigger, right? And the song is kind of written from, from that perspective. The people who wrote the song wrote it kind of thinking um, that, that there was a bit of fear going on in them that, that people were going to forget the past and forget to appreciate the past and the way that things had been, right? And that's kind of where the song came about. And I don't know who, who, it's, who, who this is for this morning, but I just felt that, that I had to say this and, and I had to look into this song, right, that there, again, there is change happening and things are shifting and new things need to happen and new things will begin to happen, but it doesn't mean that we fail to appreciate the things that have gone on in the past. It doesn't mean that we fail to appreciate the things that God has done, but we need to learn to appreciate the new things that God is doing. Right, and the two can work together. Right, the, both of them can be good. The past can be good, and the future can be good as well. What God has done was good, and what God is going to do is good. But I just felt to say this to encourage some people that, that don't be afraid of the shift that is happening. Don't be afraid of the new things that are happening, the new way things are happening. Don't be afraid of the technological advancements that are going on in the world. Right, because there is good in it. And God is going to do good, and God is good, and God is for His people, and God is for us, and God is for His church. And we don't need to be fearful that the past will be forgotten. We don't need to be fearful that what we did will be forgotten, because God never forgets anything, right? Everything that that we've ever done, he, he, He knows it. And it's not that there's no longer value in the past, but we need to look at what God is doing now and what that looks like uh, moving forward. Does that make sense? Of course, I don't know who that's for, um, but, you know, God is good. So that's done now. Uh, I'm just going to pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for another week where we get to be in this place, in your house, in your presence. We thank you for what you've been doing already in us this morning, preparing our hearts through worship and preparing us through um, just through time with you, Lord God. And Father, we want to hear what you have to say. We want to understand what you want us to understand 
And we want to receive what it is you want to give to us this morning. So I just pray, Lord, that you would continue to keep our minds open, keep our hearts open, keep our ears open, Lord, to your word this morning, that we may hear what it is you want to say. Uh, And Lord, if there is anything else that you want to do in this place this morning, we want to give you the freedom to do that, Holy Spirit. If there's something you want to speak through somebody, Lord, whatever you want to do this morning, Lord God, uh, we just want to move out of the way and allow you to do what you need to do, Lord God, because we recognize and we understand that we don't, that, that, that all we need is you. And so, Lord, we, we, just, we just want you in this place this morning and just pray that you would come, you would have your way, you would move among us uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I, I felt this week that we needed to, to continue uh, on the theme, on the topic of, um, of where we began last week. Uh, talking about learning to love the Holy Spirit um, the same way that we love the Father and Jesus and truly falling in love with the Holy Spirit and the works that he does, the works that he's done and the works that he still does, right? Just as we love all that the Father God has done throughout the history of the world, throughout the history of creation, all that God has done, we can look at it and we admire it and we love it and we love the fact that he's given us life. We love the fact that he's breathed life into us and we love what Jesus has done because without him we wouldn't be reunited with the Father. We wouldn't be sitting in this place this morning. We wouldn't have the community of believers that we have if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. We wouldn't have salvation and the redemption uh, for our sins if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. We wouldn't be... uh, Um, a part of the divine nature of God if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. There's so much that happened on on the cross. We were were talking about last night, Jesse, we were talking about this and and Ryan. We're just having a chat um, about that there is so much more to the cross and to what Jesus did than than what we just think. Yeah, he died for my sins and so I'm free. And that's all true. And that's an incredible truth. But it goes so much deeper. And when you look into that and when you study it and you understand like the layer upon layer upon layer of what Jesus did on the cross, it just blows your mind even more. And that's not what we're going at today. But I encourage you to, to look at that when you get some time. Like to try and understand all of what Jesus has done. And so, so we, we love Jesus because of what he's done, right? And, and, and we need to learn to love the Holy Spirit in the same way. We need to learn to love the works of the Holy Spirit in the same way, the things that he's done in the past and the things that he's doing now on this earth, right? We look at the Asbury Revival and all these other places going on and we look at that and we're like, yeah, that's awesome. I want that. I want to be a part of that. I wish that that would happen here, right? And, and we love that. we like, God, that's awesome. We want that. We, we want that here, right? Um, and that would be awesome. Like if something like that would happen here, but, but, but here's the thing. We need to learn to love what the Holy Spirit wants to do here in us, in this place. And it may not be like that and, and, it, and it may not look exactly like that, and it doesn't need to. As long as we learn to love what the Holy Spirit is doing here in this place and we give him honor and we give him praise and we don't sit here and go, well, what's happening here is kind of cool. But man, I wish we were in Asbury right now. I wish we were in the Philippines right now. Like if we have that mindset, then we're not actually loving what the Holy Spirit is doing here. We're loving what he's doing for somebody else. But we need to learn to love what he's doing in us. We need to learn to love what he's doing in our church, in our community, in our lives, because only then... 
will we truly appreciate who he is and what he's doing if we love what he's doing in the here and now and not hope and wish and pray that it would be like something else. It needs to be what God knows it needs to be like here. It doesn't need to look like that. It needs to look like whatever he has designed it to be, right? But we need to learn what the Holy Spirit is doing here in this place and here in us. So we're not just talking about the work he does in us, but the work he does in believers all over the world. And sometimes that's easier to love what he's doing there and not value what he's doing here, right? To, to, to look at things like that and go, man, I wish that I was a part of that and not value that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about something that he wants you to work on in your life, right? Because we're looking at that and not valuing what he's trying to do in us right now. We, we need to understand that God is active at all times on the earth, revealing himself to his creation. The Holy Spirit, who is the third person of the Trinity, according to the word of God, is with us always and will never leave us. Let me just show you that in scripture. John 14, verse 15 through to 18. If you love, words of Jesus, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So we hear twice in that Jesus saying um, uh, that, that he may abide with you forever. And then Jesus says, for he dwells in you and will be with you. And Sidi mentioned that before. He said, when you come into this place, you bring the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit into this place with you. Because God doesn't, um, God doesn't inhabit this building. He inhabits his people. Right, uh, the the scripture talks about the Bible talks about God inhabiting His temple, and we need to realize and understand that that's not this building, that's not this place. That we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, according to the Word of God. That He has made a home for Himself within our hearts, where He comes and He lives and He dwells. So when Jesus talks about abiding forever and dwelling in us, it's literally happening. The Holy Spirit is with you and in you. So wherever you go and wherever you step, the Holy Spirit is with you. The power of the Holy Spirit goes with you. It, it, like we, we, need, we need to grasp this and wrap our heads around this and, and understand that every, every time we take a step into work, every time we go to school, every time we do whatever we do, we are taking the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. We are taking the power of God with us into circumstances and into situations. If you get a phone call from a friend or a friendly member who's had a rough day and they want you to go around and just sit with them and talk to them, you are taking the Holy Spirit with you when you go into that place. If you step into the workplace and something's going on in someone's life or they're struggling or they've lost someone, you're taking the power of the Holy Spirit into your workplace, right? We are taking it with us wherever we go, right? And, and that, this, is, this is what we need to understand, right? That, that we are always, carrying the Holy Spirit, right? We as believers are always carrying the Holy Spirit that we can't really decide to, um, to not take him somewhere we're going, right? He lives and dwells in us. That's his dwelling place. You, you can't be like, uh, it, it's, it's not like a puppy that you can just leave at home and we'll be, we'll be back later, Right, and you, you can't come with me where I'm going now. Right, he's with you all the time, whether you like it or not. He is with you. So, for us uh, in the world today, learning to love the Holy Spirit and the work He does is integral to our lives as believers. Right, it's, it's integral to who we are as Christians. 
It's, it's integral for the sake of the world and for the sake of humanity and for the sake of the gospel that God's people understand who we are and who we carry with us, who goes before us, who makes a way, who opens the doors, who gives us power, who gives us strength, who gives us comfort, who is there for us in every moment. It's integral that we understand this because all over the earth, God wants to continue to express the truth of the gospel that we believe in the outworking, the miraculous power of God, which is done via the Holy Spirit. Right? And, and we witnessed it in this place last week, for those of you who are here, God moved mightily in this place and he's moving mightily in this place again today. Right? And people were set free and people were healed and have had conversations with some of the people who were prayed for last week, and things have changed in their life. Why? Not because they've done anything different, but because the Holy Spirit moved and dealt with things that needed to be dealt with. The Holy Spirit came in His power and His authority and broke things off people's lives, and they can now live more free than they were before, right? It's, it's, it's understanding for us what the Holy Spirit wants to do, and He wants to bring freedom. He wants to bring truth. He wants people to be set free. He wants people to know the power and the glory of God each and every moment of each and every day. He wants to be, uh, he, he, he wants to express all that he is and all that God is and all that Jesus is through us as believers every moment of every day of our life. But we make choices whether or not we suppress it, whether or not we push it aside, whether or not we're obedient to what it is he's saying. Uh, I didn't want to talk about that song this morning because I thought that was weird and I didn't know what it was going to do, but I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's just things like that, right? And I was talking to someone, I can't remember who I was talking to about this the, the, the other day, because um, my mind's just gone blank. But um, we, 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 we often look at it and, and, and we, we look at people and, and certain people who are doing incredible things for God. Uh, it might have even been last night, Jesse. I think it was, actually. We were talking about this as well. We had great conversations last night. We were talking about, like, missionaries and people, like, who give up their lives and, and literally give up everything, their families, their homes, their friends, everything to go and live in another country to take the gospel and, and, and take the message. And, and we're kind of talking about, and, and it's like sometimes you, uh, we, we can feel, like, oh man, look at that person. I wish that I could be like that person. I wish that I had the guts to do what that person is doing because they've given up everything. And here I am, I'm still in this place and I'm still working a job and I'm still raising a family and I'm still doing all this stuff, right? But what we need to get to, the, the understanding that we need to get to about the Holy Spirit in, in, in us and, and how he wants to outwork through us is that it does not look the same for every single person, right? What the Holy Spirit calls one person to do is not what he's calling another person to do. If the Holy Spirit and God called every single one of us to go and be missionaries over in a foreign country, then who would be sitting here in this place today? Who would be bringing the gospel into the schools in this place? Who would be taking the gospel into the workplaces? Who would be speaking the the gospel into your family and friends who are here. Not everyone is called to go over there. Not everyone is called to, to, to drop everything and leave everything behind and, and live a life of nothingness and, and suffer for, in that way for the gospel every day. It's being obedient to the Holy Spirit and what he's saying to us. If he's calling you to get up and sell everything and move to another country for the gospel, then you need to do that. But we don't need to look at others and, and start to question, oh, are they better than me? Uh, are, are they being more obedient? 
obedient than me because they're doing that. No, as long as you're being obedient to what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, then you're in the right place. As long as you're listening and opening yourself up to what the Holy Spirit wants to do through you, then you're in the right place. Don't look at somebody else and think, oh, I'm not doing enough or I'm not good enough or I'm not spiritual enough because God hasn't called me to do that. It's because that's not what God wants to call you to do. There's people, he needs people here in this place. He needs you where you are filled with the Holy Spirit to take the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the gospel into the place that he has planted you, wherever that may be, right? And we can look at circumstances and situations in our lives and uh, I want to be careful, but um, sometimes we will get sick, right? And sometimes we'll need to go to a hospital and spend time in hospital and stuff like that. And I want to be careful about how I say this and not try and give a a, a wrong um, impression. But sometimes that's where God needs you to be. Right? Sometimes that's where God needs you to be. Because there's something that he needs you to do. So even in those moments, we need to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Right, and I've totally gone off what I was saying, but that's okay. Um, so the Holy Spirit continually wants to, wants to testify on earth, okay, of all that Jesus has done, and the Holy Spirit continues to testify of the reality of the Creator God. John fifteen twenty six and twenty seven says, "When the Helper comes, whom I shall send you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of Me." And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So Jesus is saying, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will continue to bear witness and testify of of all that you have seen me do, of all that you have seen me say. It's essentially a continuation of the message that Jesus Christ carried while he was here on this earth. Repent and be saved. Like, you know, that, that, that's the message that the Holy Spirit brings. The message isn't any different. It's just presented in a different way. The, 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 the message isn't any different. It, it, it's just poured out through the Holy Spirit and through us as believers, right? And, and so th- this, this is what we, what, what we need to grasp, that, that the Holy Spirit's work and why we need to learn to love the work of the Holy Spirit is because he's continuing to testify and continuing to do the same works that Jesus himself did while he was here on earth, right? It, 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 it hasn't changed that much, okay? And so we, we, we got to learn to love the work that the Holy Spirit is doing. What? One of the, 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 the problems or the issues with, uh, with humanity uh, as, as, as a whole is that we, uh, there, there's always those, in, in every generation, in, in every place, there are those who um, are influenced by the, the enemy, right, and, and who are influenced by the deception of those of the spiritual realm who directly oppose God, right? And, and, and humanity tries to come up with, with reasons of understanding as to why God can't be possible, as to why it's just not, in their minds, in their words, it's not logically possible that there could be a God, right? Throughout every generation, throughout history, there are those, you astronomers, philosophers, these kind of people who, who kind of make it their, their thing to, um, 
to come up with the reasons why it's not logical that there is a God. And therefore, if there's no God, there's no Jesus. If there's no Jesus, there's no Holy Spirit. Right? That, that's, that, that's something that, that has existed a, 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 as a part of humanity essentially since the very beginning. Right? Since the fall, uh, 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 essentially. Right? But the, the, the problem with, with these things um, and these so-called reasons why it's impossible for there to be God is that as more and more of science and more and more discoveries in the world are being made about the world uh, and about the universe, right, they point to the only possibility being that there is a creator. So the arguments about these things have changed uh, over time and, and, and uh, over the centuries. For example, uh, in, in the ancient times, the, the, the philosophers and um, you know, th- those kind of people, that, because what they knew about the world and what they knew about the universe then was very limited. They didn't really know about outer space. They didn't, that they had no ability to see it and to look into it or to, you know, it probably didn't even cross their mind. So one of the arguments back then um, essentially was if there, uh, if there was a God, he wouldn't create something so small and so limited as just the earth. That, that was their argument. The argument was, if there was a God, he would have made it bigger. He would have made it grander. He would have made it more impressive, right, uh, than just this little bowl that we live on now. And that was their argument. So, well, there can't possibly be a God. It's not logical that there be a God, because if there was, he'd, he'd do it better, right? But now it's it's shifted and generations later and now that, that we understand and we have scientists and we have astronomers and these people who study the expanse of the universe and who can see um, things that would just blow your mind and they've studied it and they have so much more understanding and, and, and they can trace um, the, the universe back to, and I can't remember the exact number, but it's within a few seconds of its moment of creation, essentially. right? And now that argument is no longer, oh, it's too small. The argument is, no, no, this is too big and too expansive. There can't possibly be a God because he couldn't possibly create something this big and this abundant and this beautiful and this amazing. Right? It's the same people trying, trying to make the same argument that there can't be a God, but because everything that they argue continues to be proved wrong, they have to change what they're thinking. Right? God is moving on this earth, and there will always be those who oppose the, the, the truth of who God is. Right? And we as believers need to understand, and, and, and we need to know the Holy Spirit and know the work that He is doing so that we can recognize the truth when we hear it and not be swayed by anything that comes out of science or that comes out of the mouth of any so-called professional, we cannot be swayed by anything other than the Word of God. And we need to know the Word of God, and we know the Word of God because the Holy Spirit makes it known to us. This is one of the works that He does. He teaches us. He gives us understanding. He teaches us the Word. He, he, he helps us to know and to see and to receive the truth of the Word of God. This is what He does in us, and we, we need to love this work because when we 
are telling somebody about the gospel, when we are telling somebody about Jesus, when we're praying for somebody to, to, to be saved and, and to come to know God, where it's the power of the Holy Spirit who does something in their lives, right? It's not our power. It's nothing that we do. It's not our words. It's the Holy Spirit becoming known to this person and revealing himself to them so that they can know and understand the truth about Jesus, right? And so we, we, we need to be aware that there are those in this world who will always oppose the truth of the gospel. There are those in this world, and there will be, and I mean, you just look at what's happened the last few years, and I don't want to go into it because it's just messy, but, and the stuff that, that's still coming out, and, and, and you all probably have your own thoughts in your mind about, gosh, what's the world going to look like in five years? Is this going to happen? Is this going to be, like, where are we headed? And the Bible talks about the great deception in, in the last days where even the believers, even the elects, will be confused and will receive the lies of the world over the truth of the gospel. How is that possible? Because they don't know the Holy Spirit who reveals truth, as Jesus said, who will reveal truth to you. Right? He's the one that we need to know. He's the one that we need to understand. There are always and there will always be people who are blinded by the lies of this world. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 to 6 says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For it, is, for it is the God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And John 9.39, And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. The truth of the gospel of Christ and the reality of the one true God who is responsible for all creation, who breathed life into us, is revealed through Jesus Christ and is continued to be revealed through all that the Holy Spirit continues to do on this earth. There will always be those, Paul talks about it, we just read it in Corinthians, there will always be those who are blinded to the truth. There will always be those who refuse to accept the reality of Jesus Christ. There will always be those who are in direct opposition to the things and the ways and the purposes of God in this world and the purposes of God in your life. But knowing the Holy Spirit and learning to love what He's doing in us, learning to love what He's saying to us, that's what's going to set us apart. That's what's going to enable us to not lose sight of the light and the glory and the truth of Jesus Christ. Those whom he dwells in and pours out his power through to bring total and complete freedom to all who, all who will believe. That's, that's who we are. 
That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do through each and every one of us. And again, we we need to, to stop limiting ourselves. We need to stop limiting the Holy Spirit because of the limitations that we put upon ourselves. Thinking that I'm, I'm, I'm not enough, I'm not prepared enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not holy enough, I'm not righteous enough, I'm not perfect enough. Right. We're not. And you're not. But the one who dwells in us, he is. Right? He is. It's not about us. And there have been lots of, let's say, big name Christians, you know, famous Christians, whatever, televangelists, pastors running big churches, um, over the years who have clearly been incredibly successful in their ministry, right? Uh, they've seen growth, there's some healings and miracles, you know, in- incredible things happen. Who um, you find out and the world finds out later on and um, that their lives weren't necessarily up to scratch according to the things of God. And stuff comes out and, you know, ministry shut down, all that kind of stuff. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to say that anything they were doing in their lives was okay. But what I want to point out is that even though that stuff was going on in their lives, the Holy Spirit was still able to move. Okay? Again, I'm not saying it's okay that we just do what we want and live a life that doesn't line up with the Word of God. But let's just think about that. For Despite what was going on in their lives, the Holy Spirit was still able to move. Because He is not limited by who we are. Okay? He is God. He is eternal. He is all-powerful. He is almighty. He is all-glorious. We are but creation. We are nothing but created beings who were formed because of His power. Right? He is not limited by what He created because that wouldn't make sense. Right? The Holy Spirit who is full of, who is power lives and dwells in us. <clears throat> Second Corinthians three sixteen to 18 Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, 
there is freedom. This is a great verse, and we sing this one, and we shout this one, and we've all probably quoted it at some stage, uh, multiple stages in our walks with God. But do we understand it? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. One of the great works of the Holy Spirit that all of us need to know more is the great freedom that he brings into the lives of all believers. This is not freedom in the sense that many of us understand it. It's not the freedom to do whatever we want with no consequence. Liberty is defined uh, in the dictionary as the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of life, behavior, or political views. Right? The state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions is what... Free it, it, it is what liberty really means in, in this verse. Free from oppressive restrictions. Free from the oppression of the world. Free from the oppression of the enemy. Free from the lies of the enemy. No longer bound by the circumstances and the way that the world tells you you need to live and think. But we live in liberty in the things of God. We live free from those restrictions and free from those oppressions. And yet across the world, churches and Christians, and we we don't have it that bad in Australia right now, but all across the world there are Christians and believers who are oppressed and who are restricted who can't meet in church, who have to meet in underground churches, who have to hide their faith, right? And and, and you would say that that, that they are being restricted and oppressed, but this is talking about, right, there is liberty and there is freedom from that. We are not bound by that. We are not to be held back by that. We live in the freedom of the Spirit. But our our, our behavior, our political views, that the way that we want to live our lives according to the Word of God, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom to do those things, right? We need to stop allowing the things going on in this world and, and, and we, we need to stop worrying too much about political correctness and oh I can't say that or oh I can't think that or oh I can't share that. No, there is freedom in the spirit, right? And, and yes if you do that, someone may come at you and someone may say something but there is freedom that we have in God to do and say this. We are not bound by this world. We are not bound by the laws and the rules and the restrictions that they want to impose on us. We have freedom because of the Spirit of God who lives and dwells within us. We are no longer restricted also in our understanding of who God is as the Holy Spirit continues to reveal the Father to us. We are not restricted in our ability to understand God because of what's going on in the world. the, The Spirit gives freedom and gives liberty so that we can know and understand the truth that is being revealed to us each and every day. Right? In a similar way, we're no longer bound, said that, by the restrictions of this world and all the patterns of this world. We are free from what we are told we have to believe despite what we may feel. We are free in the truth, knowing that the God of the universe, firstly, breathed life into us. Secondly, came in the form of a man and gave his life on the cross for us so that we could be redeemed. And now thirdly, lives and dwells inside of those who openly confess that they believe in Jesus. We are not restricted. We are free in God to be who he's called us to be, right? Because of the Spirit. Because of the Spirit. Because it doesn't matter what happens to us here. It doesn't matter what happens to us here because we know, we should know, and we need to know, and we need to understand that it doesn't matter because this is not our eternal home nor our eternal destination. 
This is not where we're going to be forever. This is not where we're designed to live for eternity. This is temporary, and what happens to us here doesn't really matter. But we need to understand that we have freedom and liberty in the things and the ways of God and freedom in the power of God because of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. God, God has always been at work in humanity from the moment of creation when he walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. God was present with his creation. Yes, they sinned and we know the story and stuff happened, but God's presence never really left creation. He was always here in some way, shape or form. He was always here. He was always present. He, he, he will always be present here on earth with us in whatever way, shape or form he, he decides to do that, right? And he empowers us as believers to be outworkers of the wondrous power of God all over the earth as God continues his plan for the redemption of of humanity. John 16, verse 7 through to 15. This is a bit of a long one. Just bear with me. It says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I think we read part of this last week. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The works of the Holy Spirit being outworked through the people of God is not just for the church. And we've been talking about this. It's not just for the church. God doesn't just want to reveal his power and his glory and his wonder to those who already know of it. But the work of the Spirit, according to the verse that, 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 that we just read, is in part to convict the world of sin. To show the world that there is something greater than they have ever seen or imagined. And that the God who created them wants them to know his name, his authority, and his power. The Holy Spirit does not just want to work inside the church on a Sunday morning. The work of the Spirit is always operational, always ready. But it's us when when we don't have that love for Him and that love for His works that stifle what it is He wants to do. As as you take time, like today, over the coming week, whatever, to, to, to ponder and reflect on the great freedom that you have because of what the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit have done for you, start to consider this. How can I fall in love with the Holy Spirit and His works like I love the Father and Jesus? Just just start to think of it. And I'll give you a little bit of insight as as we get ready to to, to finish. Um, Because it's a simple truth, really, 
think about and, and consider, um, for those of you who, who, who are married or in a relationship, that in the same way that, that you fell in love with your spouse or the same way that you fall in love with your friends platonically, um, is, is by spending time with them and, and by getting to know them. And, and getting to know what they're truly about. Like who they, not just who they are on, on the surface and, and not just who they um, present themselves to be when, when you first meet them, right? Because we all, let's be real, we all put on a bit of a, when we meet new people, we're not necessarily the truest versions of ourselves because we want people to, to like us. And some, Anyway, but it, it's, it's about spending time with somebody and getting to know who they truly are and what they're truly about. That's what led you to fall in love with, with your spouse. That's what led you to, 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 to love your friends and the people that, that you love spending time with. You, you figured it out because you spent time with them. And, and, and then you, you, you made a choice, right? You made choices. Um, these are the people that I want to spend more time with. This is the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with because you got to know who, who, who they truly are. And, and the simple truth is it's, it's this same reality for us in the Holy Spirit. If we just spend time with Him and get to know who He truly is, and what he's saying, and understand the works that he does. That's how we fall in love with him. It's simple. But it's important. Spend time in his presence, and you will fall in love with who he is, and you will fall in love with what he does. Pray and, 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 and say, Holy Spirit, this week, Lead me to do something that I've never done before. If you do that, you need to be obedient to whatever it is he tells you to do. But by doing that, gosh, you'll fall in love with what he does. And you'll fall in love with, with what it does in you when you're obedient to him. Because it's unlike anything else. It's, it's unlike anything else that you've ever experienced. And many of you know this already, but I just want to remind you. Because in the same way that, that it's possible to fall out of love with people you're close to, because you stop spending so much time with them, you stop hanging out, you stop having conversations, you, you, you stop doing all that stuff. Right? We, we can be like that with, with the whole, we can be like that with God, with, with Jesus, with, with the Holy Spirit. Because in the beginning, wow, it was amazing. And daily we were, yeah, prayer, God, Jesus, yeah, everything. And then <clears throat> stuff happens and it's less and less. And suddenly it's like, oh, you know, you just, you lose that feeling Right, but spend time with the Holy Spirit in His presence. And I guarantee you that you will fall in love with Him. I'm just going to pray and, and then, we're, then we'll, we'll, just, we'll finish.